Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Avram Shur. Mesechas Ksubis has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Shlomo Naiman, Lila Nishmas of Yaakov ben Matasio Zatzal, and Chayabas Pesach. Ksubis Dafkuf Gimel. We learned in our Mishnah that when there are two husbands, each one was Mechayev himself to support this woman's daughter for five years, they cannot say, We'll support her together. One of them has to support her, and the other one gives the Mezaynas. He pays for it. The Gemara brings down the following story. There was a person that rented a Rechayim from his friend, in exchange for doing trina for his friend. That means that the maskir, the owner of the Rechayim, is accepting as payment for the schirus the grinding of his own tvua. However, l'saif itar. After a while, the maskir became rich, and he bought a Rechayim and a chamra. He bought himself a Rechayim and a chamar, and now he doesn't really need the trina of the soicher. So Amarle, he tells the soicher, Ara itna, until now, have a gabach. Until now, the understanding was that you were going to be toichen for me, you're going to grind my tfua, but hashta havli agra. From now on, I want you just to pay me the Dmei Schiris and not to pay me in the form of grinding my Tfua. The Seicher responded by saying, Mitchan Tachinina Loch. I'm going to grind the Tfua just like I was before. Sover Avina Lameimer Hainamas Nizan. So Ravina thought that we could be medamed this to the case of our Mishnah. Because in our Mishnah, each one of these two husbands was mischayev to support her for five years. Which means that the understanding was that he's going to give her mezoinus mamish, he's going to give her food. And yet we find that since there are two husbands, she doesn't have the need for double food. She has the right to be teveya money from one of them. So too in our case, where the maskir has a source of tchina, he has his own mill now. He no longer needs the tchina, so he can now demand money. So Rav Avira responded to Ravina by saying, Me dummy, how can you compare these two cases? Hasam, in our Mishnah, Chad Kresa Isla, Tarti Kresa Lesla. The daughter has one stomach and not two. It's impossible for her to receive Mizoinus twice. She can't eat twice. Therefore, neither husband can say to her, Accept my mezoinus as payment, even though you have another source of mezoinus, because you cannot eat from both. But hacha, in the case of the rechayim, the soicher could tell the maskir, take whatever you grind with your own new rechayim, and you could sell it to other people. And what I grind for you, you could keep for your mezoinus. So in the Mishnah, if you keep things the way they originally were, then the Isha has nothing from it. Masha'enkain, in this case, even if you keep the original deal, there's still what to do with it. Because the ground tvua he could take and sell. However, the Gemara says, This is all true only if the Seicher has no people for whom to grind tvua. Because if he does, If there are other people that he could grind for instead of for the maskir, we force him to accept the taina of the maskir, and he won't lose out because he'll be able to be toichen for other people instead of being toichen for the maskir. And then he'll go and give this money to the maskir. Now, Toysvitz over here in Debra Maschav Le'amorin asks the following kasha. Since it's before in the Gemara that we're talking about where there are no other people for the soicher to be toichen for, why then does Rav Avira have to use the chilik between our Mishnah and this case, that in our Mishnah, she doesn't have two stomachs. Masha'enkain, in this case, it's possible for the masker to accept both the tfua that the Seicher grinds for him and his own tfua that he grinds. Even if that were not to be true, imagine that the masker 
doesn't have the ability to take the tefuah that the seicher grinds for him and sell it. It still would not be similar to our Mishnah. Because in our Mishnah, the husband who's going to give money instead of giving mezainus is not going to end up losing more than had he just given mezainus. The money that he would have spent on mezainus, he's going to take that money and give it to the Isha. Masha'enkein, in the case of the Seicher, since the Seicher does not have the ability to grind for other people, if we force him to pay money to the Maskir, he's going to end up losing out. Because now he's going to have to pay out of pocket. Until now, if he would have kept the original deal, all he would have had to do is to grind the tvua of the maskir. Now that the maskir doesn't want to accept that, he's going to have to go and get money from his own pocket and give it to the maskir. So Taisvis answers that without the time that the Gemara says that the seicher can say to the maskir, why don't you take the tvua that I grind for you and you could sell the other tvua, it's true that the seicher would be able to insist that he doesn't have to give money, because that's a pseudah for him, that's a loss. But nevertheless, at the same time, the maskir would have a tainer to the seicher, that I'm also receiving a loss, because I'm not getting any money, and I have no need for the tvua that you're grinding. And I have nothing to do with the tvua that I ground, even if I take the tvua that you ground for me. And then the maskir would have the right to be mavatal the mekech as well, before it's over, before the term of the schirus finishes, the masker could say, let's forget about the whole deal, and you have to give me my rechaim back. Ashenke, now that the seicher has a valid taina to the masker, he says, you're, you're set up. You could take whatever I grind for you, you could sell the tour that you grind, and therefore you have no means by which to be mevatel the deal, and I have the right then to insist on keeping the rechaim until the end of the term of the schirus. So that is why we need the taina of t'choyin v'zavin, t'choyin v'oisiv. You could sell this tfua and keep the tfua that has already been ground. However, the Rush in Simon Hay argues on Toysfis. The Rush says that it's Pushit, that even if the Maskir would not be able to sell this tfua, and he's going to have a hefsid, he nevertheless cannot be Mavatal Aschiris before it's over. He cannot end a deal and say, I want my Rechaim back, even if it's going to be a hefsid for him. Because he says, Schirus liyayme memkarhu. Schirus, even for one day, is a sale. It's as if you already sold the rights of usage of your Echayim to somebody else, and that deal is not something you can go back on. And it's not as if it's a Mekech toys, and it turns out that that deal was really detrimental to the Masker, because who told the Masker to go out and buy a new Rechayim and be Mafsid the Seicher? And therefore the Rosh learns that we don't really need this added tam, because even without the tam of Tchoin V'zovin, Tchoin V'oisiv, the Seicher still has a taina. So we now have a machlekes between Toisfis and the Rosh. Lafit Toisfis, without the special tam of Tchoin V'zovin, Tchoin V'oisiv, the din would be that the maskir would be able to be choyzer on the deal in the middle before the term of the schirus is over. Masha'en can the rush, he has no right to do that. And the reason the rush gives is because schirus liyayme mimkarhu. Schirus for a day is considered a sale. Once you sell something and it's already nicknet to the other person, you can't take it back. How does Toysus respond to the rush's taina? After all, schirus is a mimkar liyayme, it's a sale. How could he go back on a sale after I already sold it to you for a certain amount of time? I can't just take it back from you. So the hafla explains bedasa Toysus. The Toysus holds that the deal over here was not really a schirus of a rechaim. He wasn't really renting from him a mill. Because there's another way you could look at what the deal was. We could say that this seicher is really a poil. He's a worker for the maskir. The maskir hired him to grind his tua for him. What was the maskir using as payment for the seicher's melacha? 
the usage of his Rechaim. In other words, while the Rush is looking at this as a regular Schirus, the Soicher came and wanted to rent a Rechaim from the Maskir. So the Kenyan is one of Schirus, where he's renting his Rechaim. And in response, in exchange for the usage of the Rechaim, what he's giving back to the Maskir is he's grinding his Tvua. The Toysfis looks at it the exact opposite. Really, the deal over here is that the Maskir was hiring the Soicher to grind his Tvua. And the response to that, in exchange for the Soicher working for the Maskir, the Soicher is receiving as payment the usage of the Rechaim. What's the difference between the two? Because the Halacha is that if a Poyal is working for the Balabais, and it's Kolsa Malacha Bechatsi Ayoyim, the Malacha finishes. I hired somebody to do, to plow my field, and I hired him for a full day. In the middle of the day, there's nothing more to plow. He's finished his work. So the din is that I don't have to pay him the full wages for the second half of the day that he doesn't work. I only pay him kipoyal bottle. Kipoyal bottle means that you deduct from the skirus, from the wages that the person's supposed to receive, the amount that anybody be willing to take a cut in salary in order to have vacation, in order not to have to work. Because after all, I allowed him not to have to work the second half of the day. So that's really happening over here. In the middle of the term that he was hired to grind my wheat, I bought a Rechaim, so I don't need his work anymore. So I really only have to pay him Kipoyal Batal. And therefore, he cannot insist on using the Rechaim, which was the payment for his work, for the entire Zman that we originally agreed on. He would have to stop using it sometime in between because he doesn't deserve the entire amount of the Schiris. He only deserves Kipoyal Batal. But now that we have the taina of Tchayn V'zav and Tchayn V'oisiv, you can just as easily use the Tfuah that I ground for you and take the Tfuah that you ground for yourself and sell it so we no longer look at it like it was Kol Saloi Melacha Because the Melacha that I did for you still could be put to use. So it's not like the case where I plowed your field and there's nothing more to plow. Over here, you could use every single bit of the Melacha that we agreed upon. And therefore, I do deserve the entire amount of the schirus, which is the usage of the Rechaim for the entire term of the schirus. The Taz in Simen Shin Yud Ches gives a different Hezber in Toysvis. And his Hezber is built on two Hanachas. Number one, this person, the Maskir, was Megala L'Chatchila, that the fact that he's going to accept as payment the Tchina, the grinding of his Tfuah, is only because he needs that for his Mezaynas. Number two, he's Medayik from the Lashon of the Gemara. Why does our Gemara have to say that the Maskir became rich and bought for himself a Rechaim and a Chamor? It sounds like all those details are significant. Says the Taz, the reason for that is because the Derech of Ashirim, rich people, did not use the same type of flour as poor people. The type of Rechaim that poor people use is Rechaim Shalyad. When he was poor, he was willing to use kemach that was ground by Rechaim Shalyad, a hand mill. Ashirim don't use that type of flour because it's not ground as well as flour that's ground al yidei abehema. Therefore, there's an umdana that as soon as this person got rich, he needs to use Rechaim Shalchamar. And therefore, it's automatically batal ashiris because the ashiris, like we said, is built on the fact that I'm willing to accept that which I use for my mezoinus. Since it's no longer the derech for somebody like me to use that type of flour, the agreement is no longer binding. That's why, Lefitoisus, we had to say that it's possible for him to sell whatever flour I give him. However, says the Taz, the Rosh didn't understand the Gemara this way. He understood that for no reason did the masker go out and buy a new Rechaim. It's not because the masker got rich and no longer can eat the type of flour that poor people eat. 
Rather, he went and bought a new Rechaim and now claims that I don't need it. The Taz then goes and brings the Lashon of the Rambam that's mashba like he says, Bidasa Toisvis. Because the Rambam does not even mention the fact that he went out and bought a new Rechaim. Rather, the Rambam just says that he got rich and he no longer needs the Tchina. And he says because the Rambam understands that it was not through the Pshia of the maskir that he no longer needs the tchina of the soicher. And therefore the Taz says there's no real machlekes ladina between Taisus and the Rush. Because in the event that there was no pshia on the part of the maskir, the Rush would agree that the maskir can back out of the deal. It's just a machlekes what exactly the case was. However, it would seem, if you analyze the Rush, that this is somewhat problematic. Because if it's true that the Rush's whole reason is that it was the Pshia of the Maskir, why then does the Rush have to mention the fact that Tzchiris is a Mimkar Liyoyma? Because there is a very big Machlekes Rishonim, and it's brought down by the Paiskim, the Ramah, at the beginning of Shin Shin Lamedalid, how to understand exactly what Tzchiris is. Is the Pshat, when I rent a house, I'm actually buying that house. It's a mimkir liyoyim. I'm actually buying that house for a certain amount of time. So the money that I pay is like money for a purchase. Or is chiris merely a schus hishtamshus? I have a shibud. The house belongs to the maskir. Even during that time, it belongs to the maskir. It's just that I pay him because he's providing me the service of allowing me to live in his house. I'm paying him for the living. I'm not paying him for the Kenyan that I now own the house, like you pay for a purchase. Rather, in exchange for the actual living in the house, the Hana that I received, the Al Yudei, the living in the house, I owe him money. And the Paisen explained that there's an Afgamina between these two Tzadim. What happens if Ruvain rented a house from Shimon for a year? In the middle of the year, Ruvain passes away. Do the Yarshim of Ruvain have to pay until the end of the term of the Schirus? If you understand that Schirus is a Mimkar Liyoyme, so Ruvain actually made a Kenyan, and the payment was a payment for that Kenyan. The fact that Ruvain was never Nana from the Kenyan that he made doesn't make a difference. He still has to pay. So his Yarshim are going to have to pay the money till the end of the year. Masha Enkain, if you understand that Schirus is not a Mimkar Liyoyme, it's actually something that you pay only in response to the Hanur that you had from living in the house. Since Ruvain died, and it's impossible for him to make himself available to get that Hana. So the Paiskim Armadame to a case in which somebody hired a worker to work on his field and through unforeseeable circumstances, he can no longer provide him with that work. Let's say, for example, he asked him to plow his field and it comes out that because of an oinus, the field got flooded and it no longer could be plowed. Allah is in such a case that he does not have to pay the pile. So too in the case of Schiris, since there are unforeseeable circumstances that caused it that Reuven is no longer eligible to live in the house, so he no longer has a need for the services that he originally made a Tanai that he'll pay for if Shimon provides him with those services, he doesn't have to pay. Therefore, in our case, it would seem that the Rosh who says that Schiris is a Mimkar Yoima, what he means to say is that even if you'll tell me that there was some level of Oynes, the fact that he got rich, it makes no difference. Because when an Oynes takes place, if you look at Schiris as a Mimkar Yoima, it's too late. Just like we said, that the Soichar's Yarshim would have to pay if the Soichar were to die. So too, if an Oynes happens to the Maskir and he no longer needs what they agreed upon as payment, it's too late because he already sold his house. And aside from that, the Rush says that there's another Taina that he didn't have to buy a Rechaim. Toises, on the other hand, all over Shas, as the Pais can bring down in Simon Shin Lamadalid, is of the opinion that Schirus is not a Mimkar Liyoyim. Rather, you're paying him for receiving his services. Since you're living there, you have to pay him. 
and lefit toisvis all over Shas. If the seicher were to die, the yarshim do not have to pay the rest of the year's schirus because they never received the goods, and it was an oynis that made it that there's no ruvain here to live in the house. And by the same token, if an oynis happens on part of the maskir, that he is no longer in need of what they agreed upon as payment, then the whole deal is off. Take a look at the Kovit Sa'aris in Simon Nun Gimel. So in summary, we have three ways of understanding the Machlekes between Toisvis and the Rosh. According to the Hafla, the reason why Toisvis argues on the Rosh is because he sees the deal between the Masker and the Seicher as not being a Schirus of the Rechaim. Rather, it's a deal in which the Seicher is actually seen as the Poyel of the Masker, and the payment that he's getting is the usage of the Rechaim. Therefore, the fact that the masker backs out in the middle is diamond to the case of an employer who is no longer in need of the services of the poil in the middle of the day, and therefore he only pays him kapoil bottle, and that's why, without the svara of trein v'zav and trein v'oisiv, says that the masker will be able to back out. Not that he would be able to fully back out, but he would only pay him kapoil bottle, and he would be able to deduct from the full usage of the rechaim. According to the Taz, everybody agrees that he's like a soicher. It's just that Lafit Toisvis wasn't really the pshia of the masker that's causing him to no longer need the tchina of the soicher. And the original agreement was that I'm going to get mezainus. Right now, this is not the mezainus that I need. Masha'enke in the Rosh doesn't accept this svara. He doesn't hold that this is the metzias. But were it to be the metzias, he would agree to Toisvis. But like we said, this is all based on the assumption that if it was an oinus and not a pshia on the part of the masker, then it's okay for the masker to back out, which we said is only true if you don't see Schiris as a Mimkar If you see it as a Mimkar which is what the Rush says, then it's too late for the Masker to back out, since he already sold the house for that amount of time. Toizu all over is that Schiris is not a Mimkar and therefore it's possible for him to back out. The Mishnah tells us, Almana Sha'amra, Efshi Lozes, Mi Beis Baili, I do not want to leave my husband's house. The Yarshim are not able to tell her, go to your father's house, and we're going to support you while you live there. They're to support her, and at the same time they have to give her a mother, a dwelling place, befitting for her covet. Now the mashmos of this line in the Mishnah is that they have to provide her with a dwelling place, but that does not mean that they have to give her access to the entire rishus of the deceased husband. And that's what the Ritva is medayik from the Lashon of the Mishnah, as well as the Ran and the Rajman, the Chuvis, Chelik Aleph, Simon, Tov, Tov, Kuf, Chav, Gimel. However, in the Chedusha Rabbeinu Krashkash, he says that she has the right to be Mishtameshes in all of the Batim. She has access to the entire property of the deceased husband because... Although the Lashon of the Mishnah is Mother Lefich Voida, the Lashon of the Brisa, the Gemara brings down right after the Mishnah, is Tan Rabban Mishtameshes Mother Kederech Shemishtameshes Bechaye Baila. Which sounds like there's absolutely no difference between the way she had the right to be Mishtamesh in her husband's property prior to his death and now. Now both the Rishonim, the first Rishonim that we mentioned, and the Rabbeinu Krashkash are all in agreement that a kolpan of the Yarshim have to allow her to live in the house of the deceased husband. The Shaila only is, do they have to give her access to the entire property or only to one room? However, the Mardachai says that they could give her any mother, as long as it's a mother haroi law, even if it's in a different house. And the Ramah actually brings down this Mardachai in Simen Sadik Dalid Sif Aleph. Now there is a machlok in the Nesek Kalim, what exactly the kavan of the Mordechai is. According to the Chelkas Mechaikik over there in Sivkat and Gimel, it's true that they're allowed to give her a mother in a different house. That's only 
if the father left over only one house. But if he left over more than one house, then they're mechuyiv to allow it to live in the second house. The other Nasekim do not seem to agree to this. Now, although the Ramah paskas like the Mardachai, the Bishmul points out that since we don't see any of the other Rishonim agreeing to the Mardachai, it must be that they argue on the Mardachai, and therefore we do not have to follow his Psak. Another interesting point can be found in the Ran. The Ran brings a Tesefta that the Yarshim are not mechuyiv to provide her with a mother, with a dwelling place, unless she's mechabal on herself that she's going to live there. But if she's not mechabal on herself that she's going to live there, they could tell her, we don't have to provide you with the house, because they could taina that maybe she'll rent it out. So you see clearly that she's not allowed to rent it out. She doesn't have the schus as if it was her own house. Rather, she has the rights to live there. To rent it out, she already doesn't have the schus. And this is Gepaskim the Ramah, Simen Tzadik Dalit, Sif Aleph as well. And the Hezber in this, says the Rajbah in the Chuvis, is that the whole din that she has the right to live there, and we can force it on the Yarshim, is based on the fact that there's a Tanai Bezdin in order that she should not be Nisbaza, in order that she should not come to be disgraced, that she's around, that she's on the street, she doesn't have a place to live. So we say they must provide her with a dwelling place. So that tonight, Bezin, is only for her purposes, to make sure she's not Nisbaza. It wasn't to be makhted to her, a schus, in the actual house. Since that is the case, so she's not allowed to rent it out, because it's here only for her personal use. The Gemara says, Amrav Nachman, Yisoyimim shemachru mother almona, Yisoyimim that sold the dwelling place of an almona, their actions are ineffective. Asks the Gemara, Umayishnam b'rav asi amrav yoichanan, why is it any different than the din that Rav Asi says b'shem Rav Yochanan? The Amr of Asi, Amr Rav Yochanan, Yisoyimim shekadmu umachru b'nechasim u'atim mashemachru machru. The banais of a deceased person have a schus in nechasim u'atim. They get supported and the banim have to go and b'shoyal al-apsachim. They have to go beg. Nevertheless, if the Bunim went and sold the nechasim, the sale is effective since both banais have a schus. And an almona has a schus. Why is it when it comes to being mafkir, the schus of the almona by selling her mother, we say that it's not effective. And being mafkir, the schus of the banais, it is effective. The Gemara answers, Hasam loy mishtabdila mechayim. Hacham mishtabdila mechayim. In the case of Nurchasim Muatim, the shibud first starts after he dies. There was no shibud while he was still alive. Masha'en Kane, the mother of an almona was something that was already mishubud to her, Bechayi Baila, because he was mechuyiv to give her a place to live. Now, Toysvis in Soita, Dafchaf Alfmabez, Dibar Maschi Yisoyimim, has a suffix exactly how to learn what the Gemara is saying here. One way to understand is that the Gemara is being mechalic between the Chiyav that a Baal has to give his wife a place to live. That started already, Bechayi Habal. Masha'enki and the Chiyav Mizoynis to Banois only starts Achar Mises Habal. That's the Pashta Hezber. The other way to learn, says Toysvis, is that the Gemara means more than just that there's a Chiyav while the husband is alive to give his wife a place to live. Rather, the Gemara means that the mother, Isha, is something that she already began living there while her husband was alive. And therefore, the Mechira of the Yisoyimim is like selling something that is already by her. She already has the Rishus on it. They cannot take something out of her Chazaka. Nafkamina, says Toysviz, is what happens if the Yisoyimim were to sell a piece of Karka that was designated to be used to feed the Isha for her Mezoynis. That Chiyuv was Chal already Mechaim. Abal, when he was alive, was Mechuyiv to support his wife. On the other hand, she never had a tfisa on that karka. So if the svar is like the first svar of Toysviz, then it all has to do with whether the chiv began mechaim or not. Here the chiv began mechaim. If the svar is like the second svar of Toysviz, then the question is, did she get a tfisa on it? She doesn't have a tfisa on it. 
Obviously, another nafkamina would be what happens if the Baal set aside a place for his wife to live and she never used it. Lufi the first time, the Chiyav already began. Lufi the second time, since she was never muhsik in it, so we don't say the Svara of Yisayim Shemachur Le'osur Le'klum. The Gemara brings down a member from Abaye. Naktinon, Mother Ammona Shenafal, Eina Yosha Chayavim Levnoisai. The dwelling place of an Ammona that fell down, the Yosha don't have to rebuild it. Taisus Rid explains that the reason for this is because the only thing that was Meshabit to her is this house, Kozman, that it's Kayim. So when it falls down, there's no longer any Shibut. Vloy Oit says the Gemara, Ela filu hanichuni. Leave me alone. Ve'evnenu mishali, I'll build it myself. Ain't shaymanlah. The karka is not even meshubah to her. And they can do whatever they want with this house. Boy, Abai, Abai asked the shayla, Shiptzamai. What happens if she actually went ahead on her own and was misakin the house? She was mechazik the house. Now, the house will stand for much longer than it would have otherwise. Had she not done any sheputs, then the bias would have fallen down after a certain amount of time. Now it's going to stand for much longer. So do we say that since the shibud was chal on this house, Kozman, it's kaim, and she found a way to make it be kaim for longer, she gets to live in that house for as long as it's around? Or do we say that the shibud was really only chal for the amount of time that it would have stayed standing had she not fixed it? The Gemara remains with the teku. This is basically the way Rashi learns the Gemara. Meaning that Rashi understands that the suffix of the Gemara, Shiptzamai, is not a Shiloh, whether it's mutter for her, L'chathil, to be Meshapitz, the house. That's something that for sure she's not allowed to do. That's because the Yarshim could tell her, we're not interested in you living here. The only Shiloh is, what happens if she went and did it? Bidi Eved, does it work? Does it give her the right to continue living in the house until it is no longer Kayim? Toysfis, however, in the Ramasal Hachiyar Sinan, says that we're going Shiputzamai. In other words, we're not asking a story, Shipsa, if she actually did it, my what's the din? Rather, we're asking, what's the din of Shiputza? Is she allowed to be Meshapitzit? Why is it that Toysa didn't want to learn like Rashi? Say the Marsha and the Marim Shif, because Toysa has a problem. Why did the Gemara say, she Shipsa my? Why didn't the Gemara ask, what happens in Bonsev? She built the house. Meaning that we already were talking about the fact that the Isha cannot say, Hanichuni Vevnenu Mishali. She has no tevia that she should be allowed to build the house herself. Then, why didn't we ask the Shaila in the same topic? That she has no zchus to rebuild the house, but what happens if she actually did it? Why do we change the subject? Must be that we're talking about a case of l'chatchila, not b'dayevit. And even though we said to build the house, mechadash is also for her, but we have a Shaila, what about if she wants to be mishapitzit so that it should stay standing? Now, since the way Toysus learns the sugya is that we're asking on the l'chatchila, is she allowed to be mishapitz the house, even though l'chatchila she would not be allowed to rebuild the house? Then it's a kelim in the Shulchan Aruch, the Chalkitz Mechoykik, and Simon Sadik Dalit, Sivkat and Ches, Beishmul, Sivkat and Zion, are both of the opinion that Lefi Toysus, it's Dover Pashit, that if she was already mishapitz the house, then there's no Shiloh, we're not Moitzian Oysa, we don't take her out of the house, Kolzmat that the house stands. Because if the Gemara could only ask the Shaila, Ligabe the Lachatchila, is she allowed to be Meshapitz the house? Then the given is that it must be Bidiyevet, it's okay if she does it. The Maram Shif happens to argue on this point. He holds that if she's not allowed to do it Lachatchila, then Bidiyevet, the din would be the same. The Mishnah tells us that if the Isha says, EF, she loves me base Abba, I don't want to leave my father's house. The Yarshin could tell her, If you're by us, you're going to live 
in the house of the deceased, yeshlech mezoinis. Then you have the rights to mezoinis. If you don't stay with us, you don't have rights to the mezoinis. The Gemara asks, Why is it that they're not mechuyiv to give her mezoinis while she's in her father's house? What's the basis of their taina that she only has the rights to mezoinis if she's living in that house? The Gemara says, This is a riot to Rav Huna who says that the amount of bracha that is found in any house is in direct proportion to the amount of people that are there. And therefore they could tie it to her that she's only entitled to be supported in the house itself because that's the place in which she's contributing to the bracha. Mashenken, if she leaves the house, then the bracha diminishes. And since the original agreement is that she gets supported, Kozman, she's living in the house, then they have the right to insist on that because they could say that the bracha is going to be less. Now, what exactly does this mean, Birkzabayis Beruba? There seems to be a machlekes rishonim. Rashi learns that Birkzabayis Beruba means bnei adam sha'oizrim zeh People help each other out when you have more people. Umistakrin, in that way, they're marviach. Umazel derabim adif. Also, he says that the mazel of the rabim, of the public, is greater. So according to the way Rashi is explaining, it would seem that any mezoinus, any chalik of the, her support, we have the right to diminish because the mazel is going to go down. However, Toysfiz over here in Dibra Maschel Berk Sabayis Beruba brings down the Rabbein Hanano, who explains it based on the Gemara in Shabbos that says, Ner Echod, Ner Lemeya. There are certain things that could be shared by a whole bunch of people. Mashenkin, if she moves into her father's house, then you have to buy a new one, such as a Ner. So according to Toysfiz, anything that doesn't have the Svar of Ner Echod, Ner Lemeya, the Yarshim would actually have to support her. Like Mezoinus or clothing. And the Marsha points out, B'Shem the Mardchai. However, the Me'iri says that as far as Mezoinus is concerned, there is somewhat of a svar of Nerla Echad Nerla Me'a because you do not have to spend as much money if you make a pot of food for 20 people as you would have to spend if you make one pot for 19 people and an additional pot for one person. Now, since Toysvis is limiting the Chiddush of the Gemara, and the Gemara is only referring to those types of things that are subject to the Sfar of Ner Echad Ner Lameya, we have to understand why does Toysvis not want to learn the way that Rashi is learning. So Toysvis in Baba Basar, Dafkuf Memdalad Mabez, in Dibra Maschal Birkas, answers this question. Toysvis explains that the reason to reject Rashi comes from the Hemshech of our Gemara. Because after the Gemara explains that Birkas Abayis Beruba, the Gemara says, Velisfula Lafi Birkas Abayis. Why don't we say that even when she's in her father's house, they should continue to support her, just that they should deduct whatever the difference is between had she been there and contributed to the Birks of Bias and now. Now, Bishlam, according to Toysfis, it's clear in strictly monetary terms what that means. Since there's a sphere of ner echa ner lameya, so she wouldn't have had to spend money on a new candle. Now that she's home, she has to spend money on a new candle, so we wouldn't take that money out of the assignment. So we could very easily calculate that. Mashenkin, according to Rashi, we're claiming that we should deduct Lefi Birk Sabayis, which only means that however much bracha is in the house is dependent on the amount of people that are in the house. That's almost impossible to quantify. How do you know which bracha is contributed to which people? And the Rebbein says in defense of Rashi over there that you can make a cheshben how much money was spent in previous years and how much money was spent this year. However, the Reese says that not every year is the same and it's not all totally on the same muzzle. The reason why Rashi doesn't want to learn like Toysfis, says the Chsam Seifer, because the Lashon of Birka Sabayis is not mashma, the technical svar of Toysfis, of Nerla Echa Nerla Mea. Rather, it's mashma that we're dealing with Bracha, how much Shefa comes down Mishamayim that's totally on the amount of people that are in the house. The Gemara says, Amrav Huna, Lashon Chachamim Bracha, Lashon Chachamim Oisher, Lashon Chachamim Marpe. 
from the Lushen of the Chachamim, you could learn the Indian of Bracha, you could learn about Oyster, and you could learn about Rafua. The example of Bracha is what we just said, that the amount of Bracha that's in the house is Kefi, the people that are there. Lashon Chachamim, Oyster is based on the Mishnah of Babasar that gives a person an Eitzah, how to not lose Paris, because over there it's talking about if a person sells Paris to his friend, and he didn't do a Maisa Meshicha yet, so he's not Koinen, the Moichah could be Choyzer and the Mekach. But Ve'im Hoya Pikeach, Soicher Es if the buyer is a pikeach, then he'll be soicher, he'll rent the place where they are, so then it will be considered his chatzer. Now there happens to be a machloikis about the issue of the dinim chatzer shal adam koineloi. My chatzer could be koine, even shalomi daita, even if I have no idea that the thing went into my chatzer. What about if the chatzer is rented out? Is the masker the one that's koine, or is the soicher? The Mechaver Paskins in Simen Shin Yud Gimel, Siv Gimel, that if somebody is renting a chotzer and behemoths come from another place and they leave waste in the chotzer, the zevo belongs to the bala chotzer, to the maskir. You see that the Mechaber holds that even though I rented my chotzer to somebody else, but the din of still applies to me. And his source is the Rambam in Hilchaschiris Perek Vav the Shach brings down that that's also the Shita of Toysfis in Bamitzia Dafir Alf Mabez. The Shita of the Rosh, as the Sma brings down over there, and his son the Tur in Simon Reish Samach, is that if it's only the Soicher who is living there, he's not living there together with the Maskir, then it's the Soicher who's kind of things. And from the Shach over there, in Sivkat Nalf, it's Mavur, that the Hezber in the Machlaikis is the Shaila that we mentioned earlier as to how to be Magdir the Din of Schiris. If you hold that Schiris is like a purchase, Schiris liyayme mimkarhu, then right now the Balachatzer is the Soicher. But if you hold that it's only a Schus to live there, then the Balachatzer is the Maskir. And therefore the Din of Chatzerish Ladam, Koinalish, Lemidaita would apply to the Maskir. So Shittas Atoisfes, like we said, is always that it's only a Schus to live there. It's not a Mimkar, it's not like a purchase. And that's why Toysis agrees to the Rambam. Masha'en came the Rosh, we explained earlier, holds that Schiris liyami mimkarhu, and therefore it would be the Soicher who's koine shalemi daitoi. Now the Ravid over there in Hilchus Schiris asked the Kash and the Rambam from what we just learned in our Gemara. Imai bikeach Soicheres mekoimai, and that's being used in order to generate a Kenyan Chatzar. You see that even though I'm the Soicher of a field, I could still be koine using Kenyan Chatzar. So the Shach over there brings down the Ravid and he says two Terutzim. Number one, he says that Das Acheres Makna Oisei Shiny. The case that's being discussed by the Rambam is where something is Hefker. Somebody's behemoth comes and deposits something in the Chatzar. The waste now belongs to whoever the Bala Chatzar is. Masha'en in the case that we're learning in our Gemara, somebody is actually being Makna to him, the produce. Says the Shach that the Shita Sarambam is that when you're being kind of something Mena Hefker, it's the owner of the Chatzar that is kind of that Chavitz Mena Hefker. Masha'en Kain, when somebody is being makne, then it's possible for the soicher to use the chatzer, that he's being soicher for a Kenyan chatzer. And this is because the shach holds that there are two aifanim, two ways through which a person could be kaina with his chatzer. When something falls into my chatzer, it's my chatzer that's kaina for me. And that's dependent on who the bala chatzer is. And like we said, the Ramam holds that the bala chatzer is the maskir. There's another way, though, for a person to be kind of with his chatzar. Not for the chatzar to do the work on its own, but rather when somebody places something in my chatzar, that person is being makta to me and he's using the chatzar as his oifen of mesira to me. 
his way of giving it over to me. And that holds the shach is dependent on who now has control over the chatzar, who has the rights to use the chatzar. And that, of course, is the soicher. Even though the bala chatzar may be the maskir, but the one who has the schus to use the chatzar is the soicher. Number two says the shach, and it's a similar teretz to the first teretz. He says, shani Whenever something is placed in the chatzar, ledas the soicher, then he owns it because he was mistama soicher the makam for the purpose of being kind of with it as well. It was not put there, ledas the soicher, and that again goes with the two ifanim of how you can be kind using a chatzar. Either when something is put, shaloy ledas the person, the chatzar is working on its own, and that's the Dependent on who the Baal HaChatzar is, but when it's put there, Ladas the Soicher, then the Soicher is using it as an oifen of Achnosa, and since he rented it, he has control over it, and this is also a way of him taking control over the Chavitz that's going into the Chatzar. See also the Ktsaisa Choshen over there, and the Nesivas in Simon Kuftzadik Beis, he brings down the Machlaikas as well, and also says that it's totally on the Geder of the Din of Schiris. Is Schiris a Mimker Le or is it just a Schus to use the Chatzar? That's the Gemara's example of Loshen Chachamim Oisher. What's the case of Loshen Chachamim Merape? The Gemara brings down the Mishnah of Layilois Adam Chitin, V'aniach al Gabi Makasi Bepesach Bepnei Shemachmitzis. It seems that chewing chitin and putting it on your maka would serve as some sort of bandage that would make the wound better. So from that you see, from the Chacham's words, how it's possible to get better from a maka. Now, the Marmshif asks that you look through Gemaras and you'll see many refuas that Chazal say. Why is it that only this particular Mishnah is serving as the example of Lashon Chacham and Marpe? Explains the Marmshif that the Kavon of our Gemara, Lashon Chacham and Marpe, is that even when the Chachamim, their intention is to talk about a certain din. Their intention is not to talk about a refuah, but Agav Urcha, from their Lashon, you can understand how to get better. And it's Meduik in the Lashon of the Gemara. Lashon Chachamim Marpe. There are plenty of places where the Chachamim tell us directly how to make yourself better, how to use Rufuas. But here we see that Lashon Chachamim, the way they talk about other Inyanim, is able to teach us how to be Marpe. The next part of the Gemara deals with the fascinating Agarta about the Ptira of Rebbe. Why does the Gemara bring this Agarta over here? The Ritva explains, because in the Yerushalmi, it tells us that Rebbe was mitzave his children, al-tozes al-menosi mibesi. Do not move my almona from my house. And the Yerushalmi has a difficult time with this because all Nashim have a din that they're allowed to stay in the house of the deceased like we learned in our Mishnah. So why did Rebbe need a special tzivoy on this? Answers the Yerushalmi because Rebbe's house was meyuchet for Nesim. It was meant specially for the Nasi. Since Rebbe was going to leave the world, so... Perhaps one would understand that his wife has no right to live in the house anymore. Therefore, Rebbe had to make a special tzivoy. However, the Pnei Yeshua says that would be very nice if our Gemara would bring down the tzivoy like the Yerushalmi does. Since our Gemara doesn't bring down that tzivoy, we need an explanation why our Gemara, why the Bavli brings down the Solagadita. Explains the Pnei Yeshua that since we're dealing with the dinim of the Eshe Sa'av, the father's wife, after his Misa, we bring this story to show that you have to be Nizer in the Kavod of the Eshe Sa'av as is Mavur in this Gemara. Now the first thing that Rabbi tells his children when they came into him is his Haru B'chvayt Imchem. The Gemara asks that that's a Dairaisa. So he doesn't have to tell them to be careful with the covet of their mother. The Gemara answers that she wasn't really their mother. She was only Eshe Sa'av. She was his wife, but not their mother. 
The Gemara asks that Eishes Av Namidai Raisehi the Tanya Kavid Esavicha Vesimecha Esavicha Zu Eishes Savicha. The extra word S is being Marbe your father's wife. The Esimecha Zu Bali Mecha the mother's husband. So you see that there's a chiv deraisa to be mechabed, your father's wife. The Gemara answers, The chiv to be mechabed, your father's wife, is only mechayim while the father's still alive. After the father passes away, there's no chiv to be mechabed, eshes aviv. That's why Rebbe had to make a special tzivoy. Rashi in Dibra Maschal Hani Mili, he says, Hani Mili, now, why does Rashi have to add those words? The Gemara is talking about Eishas Aviv. Why do Rashi have to tell us? So in the Sefer Leif Sameach, which is written on the Sefer Mitzvah Rambam, in the second Shoirish, in Dibra Maschal, Vacharashin is Barer, is Medaik, this Rashi. And he says that Rashi obviously is coming to tell us that you shouldn't think that all of the things that are mentioned here, Baal Ha'em, Eishas Av, and Achicha Godol, all of them are limited to when the father is still alive. Because that's how you could have understood the answer of the Gemara. You could understand that the Gemara means to say, all three things are only Noyeg while the father is alive. And that's actually the opinion of the Ramban over there in the Sefer Amitz in the second Shoirish. Even the din of Achicha Gadol is something that's only Noyeg when the father's alive. So Lev Samech wants to say that Rashi is coming Lafuke from that opinion. What is this Shiloh Taliyan? Whether the Chiv of Achicha Gadol is only Noyeg when the father's alive, or it's even Noyeg La'achar Mises Aviv. So if you look in the Ramban and the Achronim that we'll soon mention, you'll see that this is Tali on the Chakira, how to understand the Chiv to Mechabed Achicha Gadol. The Ramban learns that it's part of the Indian of being Mechabed your father. It's not like there's an inherent din to be Mechabed Achicha Gadol. Because as, as the Ramban, it's a genai to the Av, she is bazu toldei sehem, vehe mitztarem bezeh, and minikola noshim li yasser benem kedeshe yinagu kavod bigdoi lehem. The father wants you to give kavod to Achicha Gadol. And therefore the Ramban says that it's only Noyeg Kozman the father is around. However, the Lipsamech is Medayek from the Lushan of the Rambam in Hilchas Mamrim, Perek Vav, Alachates Vav, that the din of Achicha Godel is Noyeg even after Misa Sa'at. Because the Ramah over there says, Chayv Adam Lechabed es Eishes Aviv, Afvisha'ina Imoy, you have to be Mechabed your father's wife, Kozman Sha'aviv Kayim. Over there, the Ramah makes it a point of speaking out that the mitzvah is only Noyeg when the father is alive. And he says, Shezebechlal Kvoid Aviv. That's part of being mechabed your father. The Rambam adds that you also have to be mechabed bal imay kolzman sheimay kayemes. Avala achar misasa ene chayiv. Then the Rambam says me divrei soifrim sheyia adam chayiv chvoid achavah gadol kichvoid aviv. Your chayiv to mechabed your achavah gadol your big brother just like you have to be mechabed your father. There the Rambam doesn't speak out that it's kolzman that the father is alive. Must be that the Rambam holds that that's not the gather of the chayiv to be mechabed achicha gadol. This has other nafkeminis as well. Lemoshel, is it possible for the father to be moichel on the covet of your big brother? The Dake Moshe in Yeridea Simen Reish Mem Sifkot and Zion has this suffix. In Mechazchinuch Mitzvah Lamed Gimel Deber Maschel Vazep Pashit, he says that it's a dover Pashit that the father could be moichel that chiv. And that's because the chiv to be mechabed, achicha gadol is only from the hilchis Kibud Av. It's a part of the mitzvah of Mechabed the father. And of course, the same suffix would be true with the opposite. Is it possible for the Achiv Gadol to be Moichel his own covet? Now, Kveger in the Chuvas, Chelik Aleph, Simon Samaches, in Debermaschel Vahine, he asks, why should it really make a difference? 
if there's a chiyuv, machmes kvoid aviv, even if it's because it gives your father covet, to be mechabed, your achiva goder. Why would you not have a chiyuv after the father passes away to continue being mechabed him? We know that you're mechuyiv to mechabed your father even after he dies. Answers of Kivager that there are two different types of covet. There are things that are covered and gedula be'atzmusam. In other words, they're inherently displaying covet. For example, to refer to your father, not by his name, to say avamori, that's relating to him in an oifen of covet. That's something that you have to do after the father dies as well. But then there are inyanim of covet that have to do with giving an achas ruach to the father, like being machil the father, being mashkehu, making sure not to cause him tsar. One of those is the Indian to be mechabed, your big brother as well. Because the Fidur Ramban, it gives an achas ruach to the father when you're mechabed, the big brother. So over there, you're not chayv to do it after he dies because he no longer cares about that. Take a look also at the Asfandai Raisa in the end of Klal Ches. I'll call upon him, the Leif Sameach wants to say that our Rashi is meduyik like the Rambam. Even though one can ask that Lefidah Rambam, there are actually two things in the list that are only chayv during the father's life. Eishas Av, and Baal Ha'em. And Rashi seems to limit the Chiddush of the Gemara of Mechayim only to Eishas Av. So that's a Ha'ara on the Leif Sameach. What would be the Hezber and Rashi to be Mechalik between Eishas Av and the other two? Why is Eishas Av special? So we could say very simply that maybe Lo'olam, all three, you would be Chayev, even La'achar Mises Av. It's just that Eishas Av is special because we know that Mises Ha'bal is Matir. So as soon as the father dies, she's no longer his wife. This far it does appear in the Asvandai Raisa at a certain point in Klalches that we mentioned. And he has a Nidin about this. Baal Ha'em, of course, is different because Misa of the mother does not necessarily terminate the marriage between her and her husband. So therefore we could say that all three of them really should have a Din La'achar Misa. But Eishah Sa'ab, there's a technicality that there can't be Allah La'achar Misa because at that point she's no longer his father's wife. The Gemara continues and tells us that Rebbe was mitzavah, there should be a ner dolok bim koimai, and a shulchan yehei aruch bim koimai, mita tehei mutzas bim koimai. The Gemara asks my taima, and the Gemara says, kol shimshi, every Friday night, have a osila base, he would come to his house. Now why was it that Rebbe was zoicha to this more than any other tzaddik? So if you take a look at the Rebbeinu B'chayim, Parshas Vayichi, and the Pasuk of Avayigva Vayiosef El Amov, it says about Yaakov Avinu, it doesn't say the word Misa. Chazal make the drasha from that, and tiny stuff, hey, mebeiz. Yaakov Avinu loy meis. Yaakov Avinu didn't die. Says Rabbeinu B'chai, you see that the Pasha says that he did die. And afterwards he had a kvura in the Mars Machpela. Ella, he says, the pshat in Yaakov Avinu loy meis is that he never was toyim tam misa. And he goes on to explain that the nefesh of Yaakov did not need the full separation from his guf like most people need. And this is because of the tremendous level of Kedusha that Yaakov Avinu had. It says about Yaakov Avinu in the Pasuk of Koichi, Bereshis Oini, that Leiroa Keri Miyamov, he maintained a very high level of Kedusha. Misa is a necessary process in order for the Neshama to be Mizdabek to its higher Chelek. Because Kolzman, the Neshama, is part of the guf. So the neshama, the lower part of the neshama, is separated from the higher part of the neshama in order to facilitate Bechira. The higher part of the neshama is strictly a chelik al and cannot do anything that's keneged ratzen Hashem. We put a chelik of the neshama into a guf, and the guf acts as a masach mavdil as a curtain that is mavdil between the neshama and complete ruchnius. And that's what we mean when we say, If a person would be masig, 
the Rabbani Shalom's Metzias, it wouldn't be possible for him to stay behind that Masach HaMavdil. There are Yechidim that are fully Mezachich, their Guf. They purify their Guf to the extent that the Guf no longer acts as a Masach HaMavdil. And the Rabbani B'chayi says, Kishar nafshis HaTzadikim, She'enam b'madregas HaKedusha Kamoyu. All other nefashes of tzaddikim that do not have the same level of kedusha that Yaakov Avinu had, they have to go back to their source. Ule ikran vekiven shalom lo yerdu. Avol Yaakov lekedushas gufay umalasay hoisa nafshei oila viaredes. His nefesh can freely go up and down because the guf that he so purified was not something that kept him away from the kedusha. And he continues with Rebbe Mechai, and he says, "Va'koyach agod lazeh einay nimtza rak lekedoshim asher ba'oretz yechidei hadoyres kigoyin Rabbeinu Hakadosh." Rabbeinu Hakadosh, we know that when Rebbe died, it was butla kedusha. Gemara tells it later in our sugya. Rebbe also in our sugya we see that he said that he wasn't nene min ha'elam azeh even a little bit. So since Rabbeinu Hakadosh, which is why he's called Hakadosh, experienced that level of kedusha like Yaakov Avinu, and we even find that the Medrash says on the pasuk of Vayichi Yaakov Eretz Mitzrayim Shvas Reishana, Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim for seventeen years. Rebbe lived towards the end of his life in Tzipori for seventeen years, and Rebbe said that this pasuk refers to him. And the Sefer Michtev L'Chizkiyo says, B'Shem Sefer HaGulgulim, that Rebbe had the Nisham of Yaakov Avinu. And that's actually why we call him Rebbe Yudah HaNasi. HaNasi is Rosh Tevis, who Nishmas Yaakov Avinu. This is probably why we find that in the Pasuk and the Nevuah that was given to Rivka Imenu, when she had Yaakov and Esav, she was told, Shnei Goyim Bivitnech. Rashi brings down the Chazal that Shnei Goyim is written Geyim, Elu Antanines Virebi, Shlei Paskumi Ashulchanam, Loi Tsnoim Vele Chazeres, Loi Mesacham, Loi Mesag Shamim. So you see that Rabbeinu HaKadosh was actually the embodiment of Yaakov Avinu. So since Rabbeinu HaKadosh reached the level of Kedusha, of Yaakov Avinu, he also had that Bechina of Loi Meis. And that's why he was free to come back to his body, because his guf was his dachich, to the point that it wasn't a hindrance. Once the Neshama experiences that light, it cannot go back into the guf, because it doesn't want to have that Masach HaMavdil. But for Rebbe, it was not a Masach HaMavdil. So he was able to come back into his guf. Befrat on Leil Shabbos, as Maral explains in the Chedusha HaGodes, that everything in the world on Leil Shabbos becomes different. Every part of the Gashmi of the world becomes more Ruchni. That's why we are Zeichet to a Neshama Yiseirah on Shabbos. Take a look also over here in the Marsha, who takes a similar approach. Using the fact that Rabbeinu HaKadosh was in place of Yaakov Avinu, the Megala Mukes in Parshas Nasei, Durush Beis, says a very interesting thing. We find in our Gemara that Rabbi said when he was Nifter, Shimon B'ni Chacham, Gamliel B'ni Nasi. The Gemara explains, Afapisha Shimon B'ni Chacham, nevertheless Gamliel B'ni Nasi. Ask the Megala Mukes, why would I have a Havamina that the Nasias should go away from the older son? Yaakov Avinu taught all of his Torah to Yosef, and nevertheless, had Ruvein not been choyte by being mevabal, Yitzui Aviv, the Bukhari would have ended up by Ruvein. Answers the Megala Mukes that since Rebbe had to be Mesakin, everything that Yaakov did, because he was a Gilgal of Yaakov, and Yaakov was Maktim Ephraim to Menashe. And we find in Parshas Nosoy, the Biyoy Mashvi, the seventh day, of the Karbonus Sanasiim, Nasi Levnei Ephraim Elishama, the Nasi of Ephraim was Elishama, which is Miloshin Shimon. The next day was Yem Hashmini, and the Nasi Levnei Menashe Gamliel. So since 
Gamliel was the Nasi of Nebenashe. There would have been a half a minute to say that Shimon, who was the same Lashon of Elishama, was the Nasi of Nebenashe, since he was a Chacham, would come before Gamliel, who was the older son of Rebbe. Just like Benashe was the older son of Yaakov Avinu. That's what he means. Afal pi. Shashimon b'ni Chacham. Nevertheless, Gamliel b'ni Nasi. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the DAF worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a DAF or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.